Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Why were we gone last week? Wait, wait, wait. wait. We're back. That's a quote. Oh, we are back. What is a horror movie that says we're back? Poltergeist. Is it Poltergeist? It is. It I think it's Poltergeist. <laughs> Sorry, you just you just reminded me of that. Um, I was quick on the draw. I'm usually the horror movie, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Um, we're talking about today. We were, we were we were in some of us were in Texas for a wedding of our Sam. Samuel's wedding. Our one of our facilitators oh, yeah. got married. Yay! Congrats, congratulations, Sam. Congrats, Sam. It was beautiful. They were beautiful, and they have already come back from their honeymoon. And I'm imagining they had a beautiful time. I would hope so. I would hope so. Um, <laughs> with all smiles when when we're, we're getting married. divorced. <laughs> yeah. I think technically it's like an annulment if it's that quick. Yeah, if it's that quick. Um, and I think that only happens if you're drunk in Vegas for the most part. Um, <laughs> I thought um, annulments only really you... happens if you're a Catholic. Isn't that a Catholic? I don't thing? know. No. Oh. Hi. There's got to be. What happens when you settle for less? I think it operates as a uh, yes. It's nice. I think it operates as like a contract. You have 72 hours, no matter what, to back out of any contract. So, um, next backstroke. <laughs> all right. So before we get going, I want to remind on what our topic is. I want to tell everybody who's watching to please, 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 thank you. Join in the conversation. Um, please. Uh, let us know your thoughts, share them with us. We want to hear from you. Um, and I think that's about all for now. What is our topic, guys? About should we settle for less and compromising and rationalizations, um, specifically how do clients, I guess, compromise and rationalize their choices in the course of the coaching relationship and or coaching sessions. So that's a mouthful. Um, what What is settling for less? What does that mean to you? What is that the first thought that comes to your mind when somebody says settling? Yeah, I was like, wait, wait, wait. Because you that was a loaded question right there. <laughs> I No, the question I asked was what comes to your mind when people say settling. I know, but you, you loaded it. I took it out the other part that was loaded. You're welcome. Um, but it's not, we've tainted your audience already, though. We, we're already, you guys the, already. The presumption has already been put into our brains. It is no longer a, uh, a not assuming. <laughs> but yeah, well, we can start there. Let's start with, with, with settling. What does settling conjure up? Conjured up not getting what I want. I want, I go into this with expectations. If I settle, that means it's not what my expectations were. Did my expectations adjust? They could have, but on my get go of what I think I want or say, or. I think a lot of people, I don't know though. I'm thinking as she said that, I was like, I don't know though. Some people go in expecting settle too though. Like they're like, this is the perfect, perfect, you know, but. I'll go to here. This is my, you know what I mean? And and then 
that's as far as I'm willing to settle down to, essentially. I mean, I think when you think of house buying and things like that, there's a bit of a... Um, I yeah. thought of, like, there. Settlers. Yeah. So the first thing that came to mind was Settlers of Catan. But then I thought of, like, Settlers as in, like, you know, old-timey Settlers going out west to settle the land. Settle down. Take it but easy. they're, like, it's, a, it's like a stoppage of movement. Like, you've you're not you found something that works for you and you're no longer searching or moving or being active you're staying in one place and you're putting your roots down that's settling you're by the way that's a much more positive uh spin on settling than um what other people think uh, <laughs> probably would initially think nicely done anthony <laughs> well I just, that spawned for my settlers Catan thought i i guess i could come up with a worse uh explanation but that's the one that will stand for now some unexpected optimism from Anthony today. It's not optimism. I'm being accurate and right with my definition. Not optimism is accuracy. Darn it. Mm -hmm. So realistic, Ben. So letting us know he's not optimistic. I'm not an optimist. <laughs> right, what else? What do you? What? what ben, settling. Um, to settle. Settling, I don't know. I, I think it can be, I think it can be good or bad. I think it depends on your mindset. Yeah. I mean, in poker, we settle. Uh, like, there's a lot of times that'll happen. Like, you get to the last people in it, like a, a, a tournament and the two, they can choose to settle. Like, rather than go head to head, they can choose to chop up the pot between them. And then it's like everybody wins, which can be kind of like compromising. So, <laughs> Jerome? Um, I kind of was making sure that you know all of our channels were aware that we were live so the question in general is just settling what does it mean to me right mm -hmm. okay. um yeah i don't think i think there's a negative stigma around it but i think we all settle i think really when it comes to settling it just depends on what portion of your life you're in depending on it really what we're talking about you know what the scenario is um what comes to mind is you know when it sometimes is uh, maybe relationship-based that comes to mind that sticks out. Um, there's going to come a time where I think eventually everyone decides to settle and that's not necessarily settle for less, but settle down is kind of what I, I imagine. Um, so I don't know. That's, that's kind of how I view it. I don't know. I know it does have a negative connotation. I feel like for the most part, but I don't necessarily define it as a negative act. Um, I think we all, we all are, we're supposed to settle eventually. I so, think. Oh, go, on. go ahead, Anthony. I was about to say, I think the question of settling always becomes important when there's a degree of uncertainty with what you're dealing with. Like if you knew, you know, all the conditions out there and you knew, you know, what you could realistically achieve, 100% certain about that, then it's not really settling. You're just making the most rational decision. But when there's uncertainty involved, you got to choose when to, to settle, essentially, when to call your bets if you're thinking of gambling. So I want, that brings me to, if we if we um, sort of start to talk in the space, there's, um, I have to look up the exact, whoa, whoa, sorry about that, guys. Uh, just throwing on a commercial for you all. Um, so there, it's uh, the exact name of it. I think it's called unbound rationalization. But Anthony, you mentioned rationalization and rationalizing, and that kind of brings us into like this thing where we're 
we start to uh, decide something and then we rationalize our choices. Oh, it's called bounded rationality, um, which is this concept that's actually kind of used uh, and in many ways uh, used not against us, but, but a lot of people in business uh, or businesses do use this where they know that we as people aren't going to sit down and do all the research, right? So we're going to make like the best decision that's the most convenient, uh, really, ultimately, uh, that we think is the best in the moment, but we're not going to take the time to sit down. And, and in fact, if we did, we'd probably get very overwhelmed and all these things. So a lot of times we just go in and pick something off the shelf or, you know, if we, if we think we want to eat healthy, we grab something that says, you know, uh, uh, no GMOs or organic yeah, or whatever pressure. thing is on the front of a box and that's enough for us it's healthy but we we don't know truthfully if it actually is they that's but we rationalize that no this is a good choice this is a good one for us um and it's often done sort of as a way to quickly make decisions uh for us and well, um, yeah jerome if it is if you think it's a good choice then is it isn't it a good choice i would i would think so no, I would have. I would, to you personally, if you believe that what you just purchased was a good decision. I think it's only up to you to really not make that a good decision at that point. If you already have agreed that to you, you feel like this is a good idea, you purchase it. It's only up to you now to ruin that by saying by eventually, I guess. Well, let's say I can. Yeah. Let's say I buy a pack of cigarettes and I smoke a pack every single day. Used to be years. recommended by doctors to do that. Too. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just say I can rationalize that. Say, well, nicotine, you know, helps me focus and lessens my appetite, so I'm skinnier too, and that's healthier. <laughs> um, now that I'm not overweight, you know, and I smoke cigarettes every day, mm-hmm. seems like a good decision. And then, lo and behold, boom! I've got lung cancer. Now, the skeptic in me. If I'm being extra spicy, I'm like, well, there's no real proof that the cigarettes gave me lung cancer. You can't actually prove that with 100% certainty. But realistically, you could say that you can make bad decisions that are ultimately bad for you in the long run. And you can justify them however you want at the time to say this is the right decision. Mm -hmm. You can do that with, I think, any bad decision. Oh boy, do I on occasion. Yeah, Brooke does all. <laughs> Anytime I eat ice cream, I certainly, I certainly am making an excuse. <laughs> but don't. So do clients do that kind of stuff all the time? When, let's say you've had a, a your session with them, maybe two sessions with them, you come back and you say, "How did you know or your action plan go?" and they failed to accomplish what they set out to do, in your guys' experience, is it common that they have a bunch of rationalizations as to why they didn't, you know, do what they set out to do? Yes. I mean, they might... There might be the rationalization. And, And as I'm going down the checklist of the different things I've heard them say... Yeah, it could, totally could be. Mm-hmm. You know, they could change their mind, but that is that still a rationalization? Yeah, that's still a rationalization if they change their mind, right? Because that detachment from that commitment they set up for themselves on the on the um, beginning, they somewhere lost that motivation in the middle, 
And so no longer are they interested, potentially, in that. I would argue, too, that, like, learned yeah. selflessness, things yeah. like that, yeah. those are all uh, demonstrations of rationalization, essentially. Yeah. Um, uh, where, you know, it's Sue, just put mm -hmm. up there, um, that she came to realize it stemmed from past lies, I believe, about not being good enough or undeserving of care. Yeah. And, and our past definitely comes into play. And I think that, that, that absolutely it does. A lot of times we talk ourselves out of decisions um, using rationalizations and things like that. Um, and it, and it, it, that is the definition of a block for clients in many ways, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, I could, that could never happen. I'm not good enough. I'm not all those negative things that we tell ourselves. Um, I think on some level, they're not, maybe not, they may not be rational, but, um, we may rationalize them in a way that, that they become, uh, what is it? Self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Um, let me, um, I want to read the DSM-5's definition of rationalization, which I think is a pretty good definition for our purposes in the life coaching business. Uh, ras rationalization occurs when the individual deals with emotional conflict or internal or external stressors by concealing the true motivations for their own thoughts, actions, or feelings through the elaboration of reassuring or self-serving but incorrect explanations. So um, pretty much I feel bad about something and I don't want to deal with the true motivation. So instead yeah. I invent, you know, different ways to like, or different stories to sort of serve um, and reassure myself, but it's in ultimately incorrect. There's yeah, a really that, good example. Oh, Jerome. I was going to say that to me makes rationalization sound like a bad thing. It is. Um, money. It is. I don't Do know. Think which it's a good thing. I think rationalization can really, for especially for, for those who maybe deal with mental struggles sometimes, some, sometimes mental issues, rationalizing can sometimes get you past, I feel like, certain um, junctures in your life. So that, again, so that you can move on and potentially, hopefully, I think, have a better outlook on life sometimes. I guess if that makes sense. I think it plays into optimism, plays into being an optimistic person, rationalizing for the benefit of being optimistic, um, again, to help your outlook on life. I Not all the times I would say rational. Mm -hmm. That just sounds like definitively to me, rationalization is a bad thing. I don't think it mm -hmm. always is all I'm saying. No. I agree. I agree yeah. with Jerome. I have an example of it too. In mm -hmm. my last job, it wasn't the right job for me. I knew it, but I rationalized that I had something left to learn there. So I stayed seeking whatever it was I decided that I had left to learn there. And that kept me in that job. That was my rationalization. But was that ultimately true though? Was it a correct explanation as to why you stayed at that job? Did you I mean, have did. something left I to did. learn? Yes, I did. I did ultimately learn exactly what I needed before I moved on. Okay. That's true for me. So is that a rationalization or just the correct? Just the truth. Yeah. Just the truth. 
It sounds kind of like a rationalization in the way that did you know what it is that you needed to learn from the job? Not exactly. So it sounds like the rationalization was there's something left to learn. What, what did you learn from that job or when did you learn what you learned from that job? I learned how to, to deal with challenging people and have compassion for people that I thought um, were unusually cruel or unkind to really look beneath the surface and, and see the humanity in them. And also I learned to find that moment of um, the difference between reaction and responding, finding that moment where you have that breath and you can set an intention and you can respond. I didn't have access to that until I learned that through that job. I, I so this is just me being a big old bully, I guess. Um, but um, I would, my question though is, with the, the the rationalization of saying I have something to learn, uh, it's a very general statement. So it's very easy to then take hindsight twenty twenty and go, well, I did have something to learn. It was the X, Y, and Z. But truthfully, in that moment, did you know what you had to learn there? Like, was there no. Like, you ended up having to learn life lessons there, mm -hmm. right? But but yeah. would you would you said I had something to learn there back then? Still, was that were you were you talking about life lessons? Yes, I knew it was a life lesson. I knew it was something that I needed to learn um, about myself. So you had intention too. Yeah. Then. Okay. Well, there we go. I, I would know. say yes, like a rationalization. rationalization. So like, here's an example of, of common rationalizations that happen in business and things like that. Um, so if you have a business that is doing something unethical, like, so if there's a business that is as a whole company policy. Yeah. Uh, I know a business like that. What? <laughs> oh, shush your face. Mm -hmm. um, so as a company policy, this business, you know, tells people to work through their breaks or something like that. Right. Like you, I mean, yes, we, but you have to work, you know, and it's against the law. It's not what should happen. It's not, you know, how things are laid out to be. Um, but nobody's saying anything because they know, because they're alone and they're like, I can't make a change. I can't do this. You know, I'm only one person. Uh, if, if you talk about government, well, how about that? That's a big one, a real life example for me. I was reading an article today and this kind of hit home um, about just some terrible things that are going on uh, in the world. And with regard to like our laws and like the loopholes and these things and, and um, just the amount of gun deaths and things that are going on, all these things. Um, and uh, being somebody that has been a, a, a victim of, of violence there, they have a loophole, which is just bananas. It's called the boyfriend loophole where you can still go out and buy a gun. And um, uh, as long as you've never, even though you have been somebody who has abused somebody in the past and like been physically violent, as long as you weren't married to them, you can still, I mean, that's why. So as long as you weren't beating somebody that wasn't your wife, you can still go out and buy a gun. And I was like, how does this exist in this world? Like, am I prop? And as I'm reading it, I'm getting more and more frustrated, but then I go, I can't do anything about this. So I shut it off. And I just said, I'm just going to stop reading because I might get upset in this moment, but there's nothing I can do. 
but that's a rationalization truthfully like mm -hmm. I, that was me rationalizing that i am incapable of affecting a change because yeah. i'm just one person and this is established law and all these things have happened and uh because i've been frustrated in the past for things with things that i i wanted to change and i, I could affect so, no change so boom this is how this shows up in coaching is as the the coach now is just like okay so what could you do um I, I looked at your name, Brooke, and it says Lisa on it. I'm so, Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> oh We're twins. But the coaching session says. You know well, my name? You had to look at my name. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but if somebody in a coaching session, if that came up in a coaching session, a client said that, like, you can well, ask me, like, you don't have to. I mean, I'm happy to go through this. If I... <laughs> okay. So, like, just. I mean, challenge the person, challenge your client. Okay, what could you do, Brooke, about well, gun violence? Well, foremost, don't go there yet. <laughs> um, I'm just going to back you up a second. Because... Okay, okay. I'm not starting the session from like, No, no, because know... my first question, I mean, because I, I shut down the phone, I, I shut it off. I don't even know emotionally if I'm ready to do something, if that's something I really want. And that's why I'm saying back it up a second, because I'm. that's still unclear to me. Is this something... Am I rationalizing it that I can't affect change because I truly can't affect change? Or am I rationalizing it because I don't want to admit that I know there's a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of energy that I will have to put into it. And it's going to be a long haul for me to actually feel like I am probably affecting change. I mean, that's a big assumption, but um, is that really the true reason? It's, is it's not, I tell myself there's nothing I can do, but if, when we dig down deeper, it, there's more to it than that. There is. That's okay. why I said back up a second. <laughs> Thank you for elaborating. Now, is it that one or the other? Which which one or the other is it? You truly not have the power to enact change, or is it what you said was the alternative that it takes a lot of time and effort? I think both are true. Like, I think both are true. I think... Me, personally, as one human being, I don't think it's possible. Why? Truthfully. Because I think that I would have to get other people and other things on board. Like, I would have to, it, it would take more than me, just, just Brooke and Air Walters, to um, affect uh, laws that have been around for years and years and years. Now, when I say that, I also know that there are steps that I could take to get more people on board. Right. Or, or organizations that maybe are already doing things that I can maybe, I mean, there are things I can definitely do rather than just be frustrated and give up when I get frustrated. Cause that happens to me all the time. This is like a regular occurrence in my life. I got rid of news for a long time because I watch news and I, and I, it makes me, but I'm powerless to feel like I'm powerless to do anything. And it, it just causes this turmoil inside of me. So I, I there was a definitely a phase in my life where I said, no more news. Like, I don't want to, I can't do anything. And it drives me crazy because I just want to help. And I don't know how. And I don't even know where to start. And even the places and options I have to help, I don't even know if they're viable. You know, when I look at charities, maybe I could donate to a charity or something. But half of them are corrupt. And so I just kind of go down this, like, whirlwind of just like there's nothing i can do <laughs> and then i walk away <laughs> so my question is then um, i might be creating a false dichotomy so correct me if there's a third option but 
do you want to alleviate the turmoil or do you want to solve the problem? Could you do both? Well, obviously I want to, to some degree, eliminate the turmoil because that's how I shut down. That's why I shut it off. I just ignore it. Like I just go, okay, I'm going to put up this big wall of, of make my world small and make it just about like the effect cause or the change I can affect in a very little way in my world like if i affect if i help one person it helps more people and so on butterfly effect kind of thing um but so that helps to eliminate the turmoil but then it, it always comes back up because i do feel like there is more i could do i mean that works for a while and then i read a news article and i get pissed off and it comes full circle so mm -hmm. the solution is the solution to stop like just ignore news i don't think that's the solution either i do want to be a human being that helps make the world better to some degree mm -hmm. i guess like I, I would rather know that i that and i don't want it to be me it doesn't have to be me i don't have to i just want to do my part i guess you could say um i don't want to just be somebody that just lived lived and didn't um help somebody else along the way so if you were listening to your client say the things that you're saying right now, Brooke, what would you say to just pretend it's not coaching, right? What would you just tell your client based on what you just shared here? I have no idea. So I don't know what I want. That's the thing is I know, well, I, I mean, I, I, guess I would have to clarify what I want and what mm -hmm. I'm doing and what ultimately what I, what, what is, most important to me and and what i i'm willing to give my time and energy towards and i yeah. think that's kind of the key right there what am i willing to give what you just said what am i willing to give my time and energy to mm -hmm. it's huge i mean it's important um it what's interesting is there's definitely a personal connection in this space right because i'm i'm somebody i'm a survivor i'm a I'm, i can honestly say that i have i'm one of those people that can call themselves a victim. I am a survivor of, of um, a violent, violent act. Um, uh, and um, it was a long haul. It was a two year trial. It was, and there were so many steps along the way. And there are things that, I, that have been brought to my attention afterwards with regard to, and I did uh, with um, regard to, well, I'll just say with regard to like, um, I can't even think of the name of it. Um, you can't come within 300 feet with me. What is that? Why can't I think of the name of that right now? restraining orders with regard to restraining orders which there it just there's a huge again flaw in and luckily um there was not luckily sadly there was a woman that was killed because her restraining order lapsed and um the truth is that restraining order does provide some protection for people and they the fact that they do lapse is, is madness and so i did do a lot of campaigning and donating in that space for that law to be changed and i know steps are taking but it's always a long these things but i do feel like because there's that personal connection there is part of me that would love to help other people in that space um in some way um but again time energy and all of that <laughs> so um uh, that's I, I i feel like when i uh, but i guess i am like that's the other side of the coin i love what we do because i feel like what we do is not it's something that is um, helping people better their lives, uh, mm -hmm. for sure. And I, and then there's so many things that go out of this head of mine with regard to, well, I can't 
help people until they want to be helped, blah, 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 and then they're in, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so then I write poems and I post them in subscriber groups. <laughs> wow. Um, but this all stemmed from challenging the rationalization that yeah, you can't do it. anything. So <laughs> the coach is watching this, watch out for the rationalizations that your clients will come up with for their decisions or decisions to not make a decision or not to do a commit to an action you can get a lot of uh work out of a rationalization what's funny too in the back of my head as you know as i'm sharing i know that selfish me selfish brooke um has enjoys her free time and enjoys her life um when she's done working and ha has been somebody that worked a lot and knows that if I wanted to really go down the long haul campaign of this, it would be a lot of work. And so I don't know that that's who I am or what I want. So then I go, okay, well, what's the easy solution? I could just donate to something. Like, <laughs> um, and that's, Brooke, I mean, that, eh. Brooke, you mentioned something, you, you mentioned that you write poems and you post them in survivors groups. And that just really, that really, yeah. I mean, that really struck me. What if that was enough? I think, I think it is enough. The sad thing though, is I know there, there are still so many people out there that are gonna go through what I went through because it's inevitable. And so I feel like posting poems in, it's gonna make me cry by the way, in survivor groups helps after the fact, but how do you help somebody so that they don't have to go through what I went through? And so the question is then, does posting in those groups, does that help you or does that help others? <laughs> it helps, I mean, I think it's a, it's a combination. It's a two way route. I mean, I think it's, it's helping one another. Yeah. Yeah. And now here's, I'm putting on my Dan hat now. So now what, but what going through my head right now though, is like, what just helped me in this is I did do something that helped, hopefully helped other people not have to go through what I went through. And that was, was be a witness in my trial. That was write a witness statement and make sure that the, the man who attacked me went behind bars. Um, and there's a lot of people who are victims that don't do that, that are too scared to do that. But I did that. And I did that knowing that if he was out on the street, there's a good chance that somebody else could go out, go through exactly what I went through. And so I did do something ultimately, and I did do my part. So that's fair. <laughs> um, I don't have to, I guess, again, necessarily change everything I did in a small way my way, do what I could to make sure somebody else didn't get hurt. And this is the first time I've ever talked about this on CLC Live, by the way. I don't know where it came from. Who knew that reading an article would come to this? But. Hmm. <laughs> I know part of this conversation also had the word compromise attached to it, right? 
Is that the word that we find to be more acceptable when it comes to, I think there's similar concepts. Um, compromise, I think obviously there's, there's a very distinct, I think, amount of factors being played in that. It's more than one um, to me, I think. Um, but I just want to talk about compromise a little bit. Do you guys, do you guys feel like that's much different than, than rationalization, rational, rationalization? Uh, I think that there is. Whereas rationalization do, deals with uncertainty or wait, no, I'm thinking of settle or settling or settling. Yeah. Yeah. With, um, rationalization, that's sort of like done like ad hoc post whatever event happened. The event happened. Looking back on it, I rationalize it somehow. Yeah. Or not, not even looking back. I could say that I'm going to do something in the future that I know I I tell myself I shouldn't do, but I'm going to rationalize it to make myself feel better. Compromise. Ah, ah, that's cute. Wait, wait, though. That I think yeah. that's more critical. The fact that you said to make myself feel better. Mm-hmm. Or detach. Mm-hmm to make myself feel better because ultimately I think rationalization, that's what that's about. It's to make myself feel better because ultimately something in me is not feeling the best about this. So I'm doing this, I'm rationalizing it to make myself feel better. It's protecting you from your own feelings about your own behavior. Yeah. Whereas a compromise, um, it seems to be accepting something that is less than desirable. No. I, don't, I don't think of it that way, though. I think of a compromise is like you're looking at everything that's going on, right? You're looking at the possibilities and maybe I, you're working with somebody. It may not even have to be, it could be a compromise you're making with yourself or your time, but you essentially go, okay, this is what po- is possible. This is the best course for me right now, given, given my possibilities. This is the best course of action for myself. It could be also with somebody else or, but it, 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 in many ways, I think that, that you're compromising. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going, okay, this is okay right now because it's, I'm getting something out of it that I don't feel bad about too, I guess you could say, right. It's not. um, And so I think everybody can feel good at the end of a compromise and not have to rationalize. I don't know. Would it be maybe a good explanation to say it's maybe a healthier way of rationalization to me that's what's coming forward is it's it, I think when, that, when you compromise you haven't, well, I think you compromise, you haven't done it yet like compromise the decision hasn't been made it's not like i have to live with this now so i'm going to rationalize it i mm. think compromise is more of an almost more of a verb to me um then then so it's something that you are what about reaching a compromise yeah it's something you're actionably doing like i'm I'm going to make a choice to go this route. I'm not going to, I'm not rational. I don't know. I don't feel like it's, it's like, it's, it's um, an action to me. Uh, I'm compromising. When I was, when I'm working with couples and, and when I use, we talk into negotiate and compromise is what this kind of feels like. And the way that I generally describe it as a, that brief teachable moment is compromise tends to be more on the subtle side, whereas the negotiation is more on what you're describing um, as the compromise side. The idea, even with the couples, 
you know, it's the negotiation is the piece that, you know, we find out what the common ground is, right? We don't have to discuss that. We talk now about the areas that is not that, that are troubling or not common or whatever the correct term is there. What things are we already willing to uh, release and not have part of the conversation? What parts are not important? Um, whereas compromise to me is that settling for um, something that you didn't intend. So usually with couples, I'll, that's what I'll say. Let's let's not worry about compromise right now. That's kind of like the last thing to go through because we don't know enough about all these other pieces of what's what's here and what's not there and what shouldn't be there. It's the discussion and open up that flow, which is what you're talking about, I think, Brooke, in this in this place. And in that discussion, our Brooks version of compromise, that opens up a great deal of space to expand. And when you settle, oftentimes that resentment can build that I'm settling for something I didn't it didn't want it out. like in a relationship, you know, if a lot of the times there's infidelity, I'm settling for this relationship that I can no longer trust. I'm compromising that or I'm in the other term that I'm settling and I don't want to settle. So in that place of redefining trust and all of that negotiating space, it all takes time and energy as well. And like Brooke was saying earlier, am, am I willing to put that time and energy in here? Well, there's areas in which I am. And there's areas right now I don't want to explore. Well, in a relationship, that's true as well. And a lot of the times, I didn't know I was going here. <laughs> a lot of the times in that relationship, I mean, you guys are in California, Orange County. There's a huge divorce rate. I'm not willing to put in that effort in a place that I don't have confidence in that has, you know, it's not a relationship doesn't do a return on investment, but let's just say it is that return on investment. Can we pull it back together? The cool thing, even say that John Gotten has come up with his team, the ability to put game theory, which is going to be interesting to Brooke and, and Anthony, game theory to rebuilding trust. That's all this, and I know we're not talking about trust, but that I think is part of all of the settling and where one goes with compromise and negotiation. What are you gonna say, Brooke? What, what bothers me about, as you were sharing compromise and settling is it feels finite to me, right? Mm -hmm. Like I get in business, if we're we're settling, it's a, the contracts that were parting waves. Okay, that mm -hmm. I can wrap my head around. But when you're talking about life, mm -hmm. I think that we're doing a lot of presumption, like like mm -hmm. I'm compromising. Like I know how this is gonna go, and it's gonna be crappy. Mm -hmm. and I'm not gonna get what I want out of it. And then, but truthfully, you don't know. You no, don't know you don't. So and it that could actually be a, 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 shut up. <laughs> and that's where and that's where the coaching comes in is hope is is bring in the possibilities and that hope like you're just saying right here for for them the thing that holds them together is they still have love for each other right they don't hate each other they hate what happened 
and and work around that resentment pieces i don't want to settle i want us to and they'll usually say i want us to get back to the trust that we had before but it's not ever going to be back to that it's got to be whatever it is today and the build from there anyway i want to bring in um, maybe a different I guess, more negative definition of compromise, um, less interpersonal where it's like, oh, it's like between two business people or a couple in a relationship or, you know, friends choosing where to go to eat, but more interpersonal or more personal. Um, like I've compromised my morality or I've compromised my goals or my aspirations. My, right. my values are compromised. Um, I'm compromising who I am as a human being. Yeah. How do you think that differs from, I guess, what we've been using so far for settling and compromising? I don't think it differs very much at all. It's just a personal application, right? It's a like I am essentially bending or uh, letting go of or allowing things that I otherwise would not allow um, for one reason or another. And then when that happens, what do we do? We rationalize. Mm-hmm. I had a relationship that was not a good relationship and I kept feeling like, oh my God, I'm compromising who I am as a human being. Like, I know this is not right, but I am allowing this right now for, you know, a myriad of reasons, but I would then rationalize. Well, this is why, this is why, this is because it's easier because you know it, because you're not good enough because you're not, you know, and that's why you don't leave. And that's, um, uh, all these things go on. Um, even though deep down in my core, I knew this is not right. This is not me. This is weird. This is, um, and I had to get to a point that like Jen in her job that I was ready to move. Like I was ready for the, that change, that, that, um, that movement. And that's what's interesting is one of the things that, that I was watching today on this specifically, they talked about that. Like there's a couple things you can do when you, to help somebody who is in this rationalization space, right? Like somebody who's in that relationship that, that they want out, but they're justifying staying or in that job and they want out, but they're justifying saying, and it was a very coachable. One of the things they said was a very coachable moment is, well, ask them about what would have to happen in order to, for them to get out in order for that, for that to change. What would, what would have to happen and get them thinking about, okay, well, sort of thinking about that planning instead of saying you need to get out this is what you should do you've opened that conversation that coaching moment well what would have to happen what would you know what 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 has to happen for for you to be to leave um and then the other flip side they said the only other really good way to do that is to give to give a rational like a, a logical argument um and sort of pose a logical argument where it it they're able to deduce on their own um that oh th- wow that is possible it's sort of to show that the, the whatever the way they're rationalizing you instead of giving an emotional argument against the rationalization you say well what would what would happen or what happens if you keep going down this path and sort of allow them to sort of start to be logical with the outcomes and their values etc so the question I want to ask Jen way back when, before we knew her, is if you're sticking around at your job for, because there's something to learn, what if there's nothing to learn? Okay. Sorry, I muted myself. <laughs> um, 
that was that was definitely possible. It was possible that I was just scared to leave, you know, because then I'd have to try, put an effort, right? Um, I don't. If there was nothing to learn. I mean, but there was. There was, and we know that in retrospect, but, you know, at the time, did you know that there was something to learn? Is it 100% certain that there was something to learn? I believe there was. I believed it. Like, I felt it. Like, it was like, you know, I just knew it. Can't tell you how or why. I just knew it. So then at that point, if I was back then, mysteriously a coach back then and coaching you, then I would go down the line of, okay, so what do you think there is to learn from this job? What is it you need to know before you leave your job? Which is going down the route that Brooke was, you know, sort of saying. I think, um, too, it's, there's a good separation. that you're, What you're bringing up is a good point, that, like, with me and the way I went through, I, I said, okay, wait, there are things I can do, blah, blah, blah. And then I, you know, um, but Jen was genuinely there and she was right. If you're quite, it's not up to us to always, we can ask, mm -hmm. is there something to learn or what happens if there isn't something to learn? But if they go, yeah, no, there is something to learn. I know there is. Yeah. And the next step is, okay, well, what, what do you need to, to be okay with learning in this process? Like what, so you're not miserable. I mean, whatever that means, they, they would have to bring that, but I don't want to be miserable or what have you. But, yeah, um, yeah, but that goes back to the anti-fragility that we were talking about a few weeks ago. She was building that piece unbeknownst. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, we don't want to not negate our clients. So if they're rationalizing and it's something that's so ingrained in them, it wouldn't be wise for us to sort of poke the bear in that moment, yeah. right? Like, you know, like we, the, we, the unwise question that I want to ask, but is not definitely not in the coaching realm, is well, how do you know that for sure? Right. Like, well, is and that's, pushing. That's not the way. Even that's the way I would like to go. That's not the way that you should go as a coach. You, if they, if, if your client says they know something it's probably best to take it at face value and then so investigate further. And that's probably best. I, I, I have I've challenged a client with that. There's um, probably some situations, yeah. but the stakes are relatively low in this well, example. Ask, do you know, know that? I also I like the question, what does that mean to you? In that knowing, what does that mean for you? What, you yeah, know? that's good too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because for me, Anthony, the, the question that you asked was actually a really good question. You said, what do you, what, what was your question? What did you need to learn? Yeah, what is, so you know you need to learn something. What is it you need to learn to leave this job? I've got another way to word that question, but let's get <laughs> the, the wording right now. What is it you need to learn? I needed to learn that that I I can't control people. That even when I am aware of, you know, that there's something deeper to why they may be unkind, um, I can't change them or control them. Just mm -hmm. all I can do is, is be kind, but at the same time, 
when you can't change someone and, and the situation will not change and it's no longer serving you, that's, that's when it's time to go. I, I had to get to that point where I realized this job is no longer serving me. I have nothing left to learn here. Now, this is the tricky part about coaching in the past because I'm pretending I'm coaching Jen back then. So I don't know if that would have been the answer you would have given me since it already has happened. But right. what do you think you would have told me back then if I asked the same question? If I asked you, what is it you need to learn before you leave? What would you have said then, not having gone through that experience? To believe in myself and to trust myself. When would that happen? Would have been my next next question. When will you know that that's the case? I wouldn't have been able to answer that. I probably would have said I can access that now if I really want to. <laughs> I mean, which is I we're getting into hypothetical coaching, which I don't like to do because I don't I don't know if we know could know what you would have said back then. Right. But it's just continuing down that line of questioning of you do know the answer it is within you. It just we got to ask the questions and tease it out of you and then get some sort of definite thing. Because me as a coach, I don't know when you're going to learn that lesson mm -hmm. or what the lesson's going to look like. Or if you even learn that lesson, are you then ready to leave your job? So it's my job as a coach to figure all that out. Um, so the, the more appropriate coaching for me would not to have been coaching the problem, which if I came to you and said, my goal is to leave my job, there's so much else under there. I needed to be coached as a whole person. And then my action plan would have arisen on its own. Which mm -hmm. I'm the kind of coach who would love to just be like, okay, so when you, when, when are you quitting? <laughs> when are you, when are you going to leave? Let's, let's just you know, get to it. Um, but that's probably not the best course of action sometimes. So there's this person that I was coaching a while ago and like Brooke used the term, don't poke the bear. He said, don't poke the bear. I mean, not literally, but figuratively, right? Don't poke bears in general. Yeah, I don't think literally you should not poke bears either. Yeah, I, think yeah, yeah. Just, no, I mean, he can actually say the <laughs> I meant that he didn't say those words. Yeah, but don't poke bears. They're, they're, they'll, they'll eat you. <laughs> the, the idea was that he didn't want to go down a particular path that was coaching the what, as Jen's talking about. And so then when we got into more coaching of his who and the process of who he is and how it was functioning and um, blah, 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 it got down to the what. And by the time we were at the end of... And the other side of that coaching session, while we're coaching the who and the what and the, the flow of that session was going really well, he goes, I don't know how we got there. I didn't want to talk about this. But in the end, that's what all came out. Mm -hmm. So when you're doing that dance with your client Sounds on, like any the, on any of these kinds of topics, if that's just what it is, follow their lead in this process. If they're talking about compromises, and Anthony is I almost called you Andy. I changed your name. 
Anthony um, is speaking on and how Brooke has shared and how Jen has said what would work best and Jerome's input. All of this is your uh, dancing with that client and following their lead to best find that, we call it flow, sweet spot, whatever you would want to say. It's finding that place where they're um, expanding, that they can expand their next experience on what they want to do. We're not literally dancing with our clients. Uh, yeah, you may. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone on walks with them. Um, we got a little bit of time left. I want to maybe touch on the coaching, the coaches side of things. Are there times where coaches got to make compromises? No. Coaches got to make a compromise? Yeah, just anytime think- us on the coaching side. I'm, I'm thinking of the person as a coach that when you said that, have I, when I first began coaching, did I have to compromise? Yeah. Cause I had to compromise the space of where I thought I had the answer. Yes. To help them. Ding, ding, ding. All of that advice that we think we mm-hmm. got, that we got to share. Shh. No. Yeah. <laughs> Hold it in. <laughs> that's the space where, you know, most of us have to learn and to operate from is that that client really does have the answers. Um, There's, as we go through the different levels of who we are in coaching, we at, you know, what we're calling our level one and level two, we really try to hold true, especially in one more closely to the what and add the who in there level or level two is adding much more of that who. And then as you can keep progressing, it's all about reintroducing a lot of this stuff that we say, don't do advice, but it's not advice when you've got some training and years under your belt of practicing it all kind of has a transition and makes a full circle. But at this early phase, yeah, don't give advice. Don't compromise the uh, knowledge that, or do compromise the knowledge that you feel like you have to bestow on others. <laughs> Settle for not speaking about it. <laughs> Rationalize that you should not be giving advice. <laughs> Whenever they ask for your advice, you just respond with, well, what do you think? <laughs> just turn it right back around and let them answer their own question. <laughs> I just, I had that moment uh, just this week, like where, or somebody, well, you're the coach, you should be telling me what to do. And I was like, no, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, uh-uh. What should you be doing? <laughs> I was like, nope. Mm-hmm. I had to do that a few times. That's always fun. <laughs> a quick shout out to Tracy Lebum. Lebum? Lebum. Lebum. I think it's Lebum. Oh, there's an R in there. I didn't. Lebum. Lebum <laughs> for taking our class and getting certified this Sunday. We're excited that for you to get started too. Touch, Make sure you touch base again and tell us how it went. Let us know. Keep mm-hmm. us in the loop. We want to hear about your progress and your success. And uh, if you need help along the way, we're here for you. So um, yeah, we too are excited. We want to hear more about your journey. So okay. um, I think that's about it. Yeah. yeah. My ADHD is in high uh, form at the moment. <laughs> signing off <laughs> right that was our talk on compromising settling and rationalization 
We will catch you guys next week, 4 p.m., same time. Be sure to like, subscribe, comment, take our classes, get on our email list, read our blogs. Um, yeah, I don't know what else. Ask questions, call the office. Send an email. Uh, check out all our uh, the website. That's it. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into today's episode. Once again, this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute. We're an ICF accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.